Welcome to Maddie's Mental Health Podcast, aiming to spread awareness on mental health by sharing the real-life stories. Hello, Mr. Sean Aquin. Hey, Maddie. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you today? Doing just fine. Tell me more about just fine. Just fine? What exactly do you mean by that? It's an unexpected question, I guess. Um, yeah. I guess just fine. Uh, nothing's wrong, I guess. Good. I didn't really think about that (laughs) Thanks for coming to my house And doing a podcast with me It's a beautiful house Happy to be here Thank you Yes, yes I'm happy to have you here Happy to talk about you And your story and your life Yeah, I don't usually talk about me Well, that's what we're doing Yeah So everybody buckle in Buckle up Buckle up your seatbelt Tell us about you. Tell us about me. Yeah. Well, I'm originally from New Brunswick, born and raised. Lived there right up until I was 23. When I was 23, I moved over here to go to university. That didn't work out. I was a cook for 13 years. This is coming out really sporadically. Hope everybody's keeping. It's kind of like uh, plenty of fish. <laughs> um, <laughs> description. <laughs> you know. But yeah, um, um, co- I cooked for thirteen years, and. So what age? Like what? Thirteen years. Um. So I would have started when I was seventeen. It was the summer before I was in grade twelve. Just started working at the local Irvin where I'm from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was like June when I started and I did ju- had just gotten hired as a cashier and like it ca- cash jobs suck. No, no, no one likes working cash. Yeah. Mm. Unless you're on pogey, but that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you get paid twice. Exactly. That'd that's really nice. good. But, um, Allegedly, apparently. <laughs> no, and yeah, it was roughly a month. It was like in the middle of July. Like I noticed the schedule was weird. There was a lot of people scheduled, and then the boss takes me aside and says, "So you're starting in the kitchen tomorrow." Oh. And at that time, I thought, "Awesome! I think cooking's fun. I don't have to deal with customers anymore." Uh, the girl I was seeing at the time, she also worked with the kitchen. I was like, oh, I'll get to work with her more. Yeah. We just ended up working opposite shifts. That's how that worked. But, yeah, it did not take long before I didn't, I wasn't liking it nearly as much as I thought I would. And you did it for 13 years. Yeah. More years. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, and it was always, back then, it was like, ah, sure, I don't like it, but. I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a job as soon as I'm finished college. And excuse me. It's all good. <laughs> and then I never have to go into a kitchen again. But so I think and by the time I went to college, been cooking for three, no, almost only two years. Wait, I want to back you up for a second. So like in terms of, in terms of mental health, what 
What was your experience like even just before that, like in high school and stuff like that? Before I started cooking at all? Yeah. Well, was it a factor before you started cooking? I, I don't really think so. Okay. You know, I was always a generally happy guy, mm. you know. Um, and I was just always spending my weekends with friends. Regardless if, like, any of us had money or not, we'd just hang out, you know. But, of course, you know, just you, you get to that age where you're like, I need some money in my pocket. Mm. And I used to do things. Stop asking mom and dad for change. 20 so, bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, throw me a 20 and tell me to leave, say, leave me alone. Uh, but, yeah. But then, of course, you, you get a job and then there there goes your weekends. Mm. Like, um. And that's the other thing with working in a kitchen is your days off are sporadic. Like you're not on any sort of consistent schedule. Like you might be for a little while. There usually be like little like three, four week spurts where I'd have the same days off. But they'd always be like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, such and such. Sometimes they weren't even together. Yeah. But it's tough. Like even the the shifts are usually evening or uh, evenings, weekends, right? It's like all the social yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, and working after school and stuff. Yeah, that was and that was my entire grade twelve year. The only weekends I had off were weekends I had to ask for off. And then, when I graduated, you know, started full time, and you know, felt worse after that because it was just working all the time. Yeah, you know, my can never, not never hang out with friends. You know, I'd I, you know hang out between shifts. You know, if I, you know, if I was working nights, you know, I'd get done work, go hang out with my friends, go, you know, get a buzz on or whatever, and go to work with a hangover the next day. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's just, and of course, I, I like as I'm working, I've still got it in my mind. I don't have to do this forever. But, I mean, news for me, I did it for a while, but, yeah, and cooked consistently right up until I started college. And what'd you go to college for? Electrical, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Went to college when I was 19. You know, it's a great time to go to college, because then you're old enough to party. You can buy your own alcohol. You don't have to get someone else to buy it for you. Yeah, the freedom of college. Yeah. And I, at that time, I had managed to work it out with the restaurant I was working at that I had every other weekend off. Because I, I had actually think I told them, like, I was going to go work somewhere where they give younger people every other weekend off. And I, they needed me enough that they said, you can have every other weekend off. Just, you know, give us one or two days during the week. It's good negotiating. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> well, it's not too often when you say, I'm going to leave if things don't change and things actually change at a restaurant. That's it's not super common because a lot of restaurants, it's just a revolving door for employees. Like they come and go. Yeah, it seems like that. I, I worked in uh, worked in one restaurant. I worked in... I worked in two, one very briefly, but it seemed like that, like, especially in the kitchen too, it seemed like yeah. in the kitchen, like there would be like, it seemed like every other week there was like a new person there yeah, cooking for a bit and then like 
there were like a couple of people that stuck around, but there would always be like just new people and shit. Yeah, and it's always the very middle of the road people that'll stick around. Like they're okay at their job when they want to be, but like it's the people who you really love to stick around that leave as soon as they possibly can because they know they're not getting what they want out of this job. Yeah. Then there's the people who are fired really quick and they're probably fired for a fairly good reason. Yeah. 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 Um, Worked part-time all the way through college and then I finished college and... To my surprise at the time, I couldn't find a job in the field I had studied in. So did you go to college in New Brunswick? Yep. Yep. NBCC St. Andrews. And then there wasn't much work around there, like around your hometown? No. um, Like, well, because you had to find an electrical company that are, that's looking for apprentices and it's just no one seemed to want to want to hire an apprentice it's that classic you know um i need a job so i can get experience i can't get a job because i don't have experience you know right that that sort of endless loop do you think it's the same way now like i know it's not on pei where we are right now but over there do you think it's the same now because i know on pei it's like Oh, They're hiring on, a shitload of people now. On PEI, they'll hire you if you just want to try it out. You don't need any previous experience. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm not too, too sure what the hiring's like back home. Um, I'd, I'm i guessing maybe it's they're hiring a little more just because I feel like with COVID and everything, everything got so backed up Yeah. that they're still catching up, which yeah. is, that's one of the reasons there's still so consistently so much work here. Because everything got so far behind. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I spent roughly a year trying to find a job in electrical. Buddy making a guess appearance, by the way. <laughs> Walked across the frame. Just going to let everybody know I'm here. Yeah. I'm not talking, but you know I'm here. Yeah, part of the show. And yeah, um... So you go back to cooking then because you couldn't get a job in the Yeah, well, that's the thing. I never stopped cooking. It's just... Went back to full time. Yeah, and it was roughly a, a little less than a... Well, basically, it was like my job search started as just I'm looking to be an apprentice electrician. And then I just wanted it was just going to get a job in any construction. And then eventually it was like I just want to move out of my parents' house. Like, I had friends in Fredericton, and that was where I was going to move to. It was where I spent a ton of my spare time. Like, when I had those every other weekend off, it was Fredericton most of the time. So, I started looking for cooking jobs in Fredericton. And summer before I moved out, I had actually gotten a part-time... Well, so, place... One place had basically promised me a job... And I waited and waited and waited for my start date. Hadn't put in my notice at the Irving, but I had told them I was leaving. And then the job fell through. And they had already hired my replacement, so I wasn't getting so many hours. So I ended up taking a part-time job in Fredericton uh, with a catering company. And it was like, let's say like every other weekend. It was 
basically just did weddings. She'd give me like a, a start time and then that'd be it. Be this place for 9 a.m. kind of thing. And that was, that was, well, I mean, at the time I was having a good time because I had an excuse to be in Fredericton with my friends. Most of the time I didn't have to work super early in the morning. So I could go get fucked up with my friends and then go to work. And then there were a couple times when, you know, I'd start at nine, but then I wouldn't get done until like one o'clock in the morning. Because I'd be the one stuck there doing dishes after everybody's gone. Anyway, I'd finish my job, finish up, drive from Fredericton back down to my parents' house because I had a shift at the Irving in the morning. So that was pretty hard on me. <laughs> the last, The last weekend I worked for them, she told me to be there Saturday morning at 10 a.m. That's all I knew. So I was like, 10 a.m., perfect. So I get a case of beer, I drink the case of beer, and then we go out, and I black out. I don't know, well, no, no, I didn't black out all night, but like I, I came to falling, and someone come over to help me up. <clears throat> you know, they're asking me, are you okay? And uh, as I'm saying yes, I realize it's a cop. And she says, um, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going back to my friend's house. Obviously, I didn't say it that clear. I probably slurred it pretty hard. But she's like, no, you're not. Get in the car. So she took me to the drunk tank. And I slept on a concrete bench. And woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning. Just kind of poked my nose out of the bars. Hello? Hello? And then, yeah. <laughs> didn't make the 10 a.m.? Oh, I made it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, made it there for 10 a.m. And I worked until 2 a.m. Worked 16 hours. <laughs> <laughs> like if that wasn't karma saying, stop doing that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's like classic things that happen when you're young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Partying and then working and then it's wild. Oh, yeah. And that's, that was... That was always a big part of me in kitchens too, was like eventually in the fall, I did find a full-time job. So I moved out to my friend's place and yeah, it was drinking in between almost every shift. You know, I'm working at a hotel restaurant. So when I get done work, the bar's still open. So basically I take my uniform off and get started. So, like, you mentioned that you didn't really like it from yeah. the start. So, how 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 did you feel about it, like, as time progressed? I mean, uh, what are we, five, six years now in? Like, what, how are you feeling about, like, going to work and now, like, drinking Yeah. between shifts? Like, how are you feeling about while you're there? How are you feeling about, like, you know, how life's going? Yeah, see, and that's, like, where... Well, that's just where I was in a new place. It's, like, say this was, like, five five years in, five years going on six, like... Like, I'm convinced that since I'm in a new place, things are going to get better. Like, they, like there's a part of me that really wants to love this job. But, you know, the longer I'm there, the same shitty things start coming up, right? Like I said, all the really good employees, they start moving on to better jobs because they don't want to be where I am. Um, 
kind of think. How are you feeling about it? Well, I mean, I I guess like I was I was pleading ignorance to the job itself because I was having so much fun outside of work. But then as time went on, it was definitely starting to grade on me. Like it would have been I'm going to say so I have not like the following summer, say we're at 2011 at this point. No, no, 2000, no, 2013. Just flipping through the years here. Uh, yeah, that like, and we got slammed with a really busy summer. And then that was, that's when I started not liking my job again. Because, and shortly, it was shortly before this, two or three guys had left. We've got new guys that, you know, don't seem to care about their job as much and this is this is when i started to take a a worse turn i was like i didn't want to be there anymore and that was when i started thinking about university oh we'll, we'll back up a little bit before i started thinking about university so end of that summer um it was, you know, middle of the night. I had gone to a house party with my roommates, got back. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I decide I'm bored, and I go for a bicycle ride. And I'm just cruising, and I come around a corner. I nail the curb, and I flip over my handlebars. And I get up, and I'm thinking, my shoulder really hurts. Like, I actually called 911 to get someone to come look at me. And when the ambulance came, you know, and they said, can you take your shirt off? I took my shirt off. You know, I had a big old scab here on my back shoulder. And, you know, they looked me over and they said, well, you're moving around. Okay, you're probably fine. You're, you're going to be sore in the morning, but you're okay. Next morning when I woke up, I was not okay. <laughs> like, it hurt to move. And anyway, <laughs> And, of course, work had texted me asking me if I could come in early. And I woke up an hour after I got that text. So it's, then I messaged them back. It's like, I don't think I can come in today. Anyway, I walked to work. And someone there took me to the hospital. And turns out I'd broken my collarbone. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a month off. And... It was during that month off when, you know, obviously I have a lot of time to reflect. And that was when I decided I should probably go to university. Because that was when I was like, I, I should do something I want to do. Like, forget about money. Like, just, just do something to make yourself happy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, applied to university, got accepted, kept working. And then, like, a few months later, say, like, we're into winter, go through winter, into, into like, before spring. Anyway, that was, like, I had gotten switched to mornings. Like, I had, up, in that, up until that point, I'd been working nights. And they switched me to mornings. and But, like, my habits didn't change. Like, I was still drinking a lot. Like, there were a few times when I still half in the bag when I went to work. How often would you say you drinking? Like, every day? or Not quite every day. Three or four times a week. 
Mm. And that's like drunk three or four times a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And would you say that was related to like the culture of, I mean, was it just what you were doing at that time? Was it like the, what your friends were doing too? Do you think it was related to the culture of cooking? Cause I know that, I, you know, I know that the culture of cooking is, there's like a drink. They drink a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, and like, and I definitely won't completely blame cooking, but it, it definitely didn't discourage me from any of those habits. Yeah. Like, like the restaurant from, industry as well too. Like you said, like after shifts, like I know it's even common for, like wait staff and stuff like when a oh. bar will close like they'll just like drink together after it's kind of like yeah. a thing they do 100 percent, yeah and i was no different no I was getting drunk all the time and and this was really affecting my mood like i was just it was just sour when i got to work in the mornings like i had to be there for five thirty. like this is like the early early shift and then sometimes I'd work late, so like I'd get there before the sun comes up, and then the sun would be going down when I got done work. Yeah, and then, and then one day, um, the chef comes up to me and just kind of asks, you know, how how are things going? And I just kind of shrugged and said, "Fine, you know, I'm still alive." <laughs> like that that was always I was like if someone asked how I was doing it's just like yeah whatever fine I've you know things are going I guess I guess my definition of fine has changed over the years now that we talked about that at the beginning but anyway um it's like a list with one box it's like <laughs> alive yeah check right I woke up this morning yeah uh, and then he's like, are you excited? And he asked me if I was excited for school. And I said, I guess so. Like, I was pretty indifferent about it. Because at that point, I had decided I was going to school for music. And, you know, in the back of my mind, you know, like, there was a part of me that didn't think that was a great idea. That, that thought that was, wasn't a good idea. And that it would just be a total failure. But I was more or less just trying to ignore that and say, you know, everything's going to be fine. I can do this. But at the same time, my, the way I'm acting is making people ask questions. So that was, that was why my chef asked me how I was doing. Then he's, and then he said, um, can we talk in my office later? And I said, sure, whatever. And anyway, later came, he had some meetings, and then after his meetings, he took me into his office, and then he finally said, like, are you depressed? And I hadn't really thought about it, and I said, I, you know, I don't know. But then he asked me about thoughts, about thoughts of suicide. And truth was, like, I had never come up with a plan, but there was a part of me that was like, I, I don't care if I get up in the morning. Like, I don't care if I'm gone. Right? And mm -hmm. this is the first time I've ever actually, had ever actually talked to someone about it. And, like, I felt myself breaking down. Like, I cried a little bit when we talked about it. Right? And and he, like, this, this was a long time ago, so I'm trying to remember how the conversation went. But, you know, he more or less was telling me, you know, 
like it, it can be a chemical imbalance kind of thing. And, you know, like there's a lot of help you can get for it. Like he talks about his struggles. He talks about his wife's struggles. Like, and like, for, I, I felt heard even though I wasn't asking to be heard, you know? Yeah. And anyway, it was, he gave me a couple of days off and then that was when, like he basically, I went home that day and I called and told my parents what had happened and the thoughts I was having. And like, that was, that was a rough phone call. It's pretty, I mean, even just like, that's pretty nice of him. Wasn't it to say that and to yeah. do that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, in a way, all my life, you yeah. know, like I could, I could have been like, if he hadn't had that talk where, what would have happened? Right. Yeah. No, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty amazing when you think about like, yeah, think about like stigma, mental health. It's even like why I wanted to do this podcast and stuff. It's like, yeah, just one conversation with someone mm-hmm. can change everything, or just like one, you know, like, dude, listen, like I see something in you that I felt myself, yeah, and like this is what happened to me. It's like you can't get help with this, or you could have just been like an asshole to you and then it just would have made you in like a or he could have said nothing yeah but it, it could have you could have just went on how you were going yeah what was your parents reaction and were you nervous to tell them oh yeah I had like n- no part of me wanted to have that conversation I guess even just before that like how did you feel about him saying that and like you kind of you mentioned like you didn't really think of it in terms of depression and yeah uh, like how did you feel after that conversation? Or, yeah. Well, it did. We'll say it felt a little relieving. Yeah. You know? Like it, it already felt better because for the first time, I had actually confronted that there was something wrong. Mm. Not necessarily that there's something wrong with me, but like, wasn't the proper way to think. Wasn't on a good path mentally. Yeah. How did the conversation with your parents go? Um, well, mom, no, well, like I, I more or less, I didn't say suicide or kill myself. I said, mom, I want to give up. Yeah. You know, she kind of broke down. She's like, no, no, you don't want to give up. You know, and of course, the next thing is she says, "Like I'm coming to get you." And I'm like, "No, mom, you don't have to come up." And she's like, "Oh no, I'm coming." And then at the time, Dad was working at West, and of course, he calls immediately after that, because, and I thought, "God, I love my dad, but he's he he, he doesn't <laughs> address stuff like this." He's like, "Oh, oh the, the things will get better," and of course, that's what everybody tells someone when they find out they're depressed. Yeah, and th- I know we meant well, but like. Yeah. Of course, just like yeah, yeah, I know, Dad. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with him. Like, yeah, I never wanted to like scream at him, and be like, no, things aren't gonna get better. Yeah, I think that's like the number one thing. Uh, I think people say that, it, it, but like when you're struggling, it's just so hard to, and it's true. But mm-hmm. it's when you're struggling, it's so hard to hear it. Yeah, because it's so far from. It's like. 
when you're starting a marathon and then being like, you know, it's nice when you finish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 100%. It's true, but it's like you got some running ahead of you, you know? You got some, yeah. you got a journey ahead of you too. Oh, yeah. And that was the start of quite the long journey because, like, you know, I started with meds and. Like I started taking meds. So do you go to like a you go to MD or do you go to like a psychologist, diagnosed or no? Nah, I just went to my family doctor. Yeah, and talked to him about it. He, I don't think he was super quick to prescribe them. Like that wasn't his his first thing, but at the same time, he just he wrote me up a a, a sub a subscription <laughs> <laughs> subscription to Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Wrote me a prescription for, I think, the, was the most mild of um, antidepressant, um, citalopram. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Just lightest dose, and it's like, take it so often. and Yeah, and I started taking it, and, like, I guess, I don't like, yeah, it, it definitely helped at the time. But at the same time, it almost felt like it was contributing to me not giving a fuck. Mm. Should I move closer? Can you hear me now? Wieners and go to But yeah, and this was in February, right before I moved over here. I was moving in May. Explain that, by the way, like helping you not give a fuck. Or contributing to it. Yeah. Um. Well... I guess I just, well, initially when I didn't give, not giving a fuck was like, I don't care where I am in life as long as I'm having a good time. Yeah. That having a good time led, was probably what led to depression. But like, I just, it was just kind of stopping the upset feelings. Hmm. But at the same time, I don't know if it was really helping the happy feelings. Like, I, my overall experience with medication was it, it just, like, kept you in the middle. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. You, you didn't get any more depressed, mm-hmm. but you couldn't really get happier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've heard a lot of people talk about that. Even it was weird. I heard it on the radio today. Um, it was like psych- psychologist talking, and it was they were saying like it can just kind of help you get your brain chemistry to. And some people take it forever. Mm. I mean, everyone's different, but yeah. like it was in this case of this kid and uh, had severe anxiety, and he was just saying it can help them get their brain chemistry to a place um, where they can manage and cope with it. Yeah. While they're learning the skills they need to cope with it on their own. Exactly. And unfortunately at that time I was there's I thought it was this was what was gonna cure me. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't changing any of my daily habits, you know. It was I I, I think I, I drank slightly less amounts, but the meds like the you're not supposed to drink with them, so it was just Excuse me. It was just hitting me even harder. 
Right. Right? So, and then come the time to move over here to the island, and, like, I I didn't get any better. I thought I was, but I think that was just because I was started drinking more. And also, there's there's something to changing your location that makes you feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like when I first moved out of my parents' house and I moved to French and I felt great. And then after this time went on, I didn't feel so great. Yeah, it's like uh, the new thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, for that first, for that summer before I started university, you know, I was drinking all the time, like all the time. Like, like it, it got worse because I moved somewhere where I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody. And my mind was, I'm going to get shit-faced and just make friends at the bar. When in reality, I'd wake up the next morning and just have all these random numbers in my phone of friends I made at the bar that I'm too anxious to ever speak to sober. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then when it came time to go to university, it was just, that was like the most anxious I've ever been. Cause like that, that thought of this is a bad idea. This is going to fail was still lingering. Uh, I'd also forgot to mention after I moved over here, I decided to just stop taking my meds because I thought I was happy. I didn't think I needed them anymore. So stop. I just flat out stopped taking them, which that's never a good idea. Especially not consulting anybody. I basically just called them home and said, yeah, I'm not taking them anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then when I went, started at school and just, like I said, didn't feel like I belong. I wasn't making any friends. I was just that really anxious, quiet guy just sitting off to the side and anybody who knows me, I'm generally a quiet guy. This is the most I've ever talked in my life right now. (laughs) Um, yeah, but yeah. And it's just would I, I get done school and either go to work or go home and be alone kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was just world with anxiety. And then just that first semester was, did not go well. I failed three class and I passed two by the skin of my teeth. Yeah, and just for some context, like I know that you told me a bit about this before, but yeah. you went into music, right? And yeah. Like, could give a little context why you thought that might be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> because I had zero experience in music in any way, besides lo- being a general lover of music, mm-hmm. you know, and music was always one of those things that would always bring me back up, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So, and that was what I thought. It's like, I should get a career in music. How mm. do I get a career in music? Well, you take music at university. Like the, the, that was that was the thought process behind that, right? Go to music, go, learn everything I can about music, and then I can write exactly what I want to write. Because just just being a you know really into rock and metal, I'm always thinking you know ah whatever's on the radio's trash. You know, just being real negative about it. Yeah, I can remember. <laughs> Remember going to the bars and do you remember that song? What's the Fox say? Yeah. Yeah. I remember them playing that at the bar and just being like, why, what is going on? This was a joke on YouTube and they're actually playing it at the bar and people are getting down to it. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Go on, yeah. Getting down to it. Yeah. But then of course. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good song, dude. <laughs> it holds up. It holds up. <laughs> holds the test of time. It's a classic. It's got like 20 million views on YouTube. Maybe more. Maybe Still count. Maybe a Billy. I don't know. I don't know what it's at. I haven't checked. I feel like it's a lot. Still never answered the question, what does the fox say? <laughs> um, no, but you told me that. I think that's so funny just from the context of like I took, uh, I was in, band class in high school I just took like jazz class so yeah I have like an idea of like music theory and like I yeah. even thought about music at one point like going to university for it yeah uh, in grade 12 mm-hmm. and I just like I have an idea of like what it takes like the theory and like all the stuff yeah and just going into that blind like holy fuck oh yeah and that was I was the equivalent of running into a wall <laughs> yeah like yeah. it's just like there's stuff coming at me I can't understand one of the like wasn't quite like first day but like there's a class that requires you to sing in class and i'm in front of a bunch of people i don't know and for my own dumb reasons i can't get comfortable in front of them because i can't drink with them or i haven't drunk gotten drunk with them because i was also trying to balance work i was working a lot when i first started in university like i remember like i think my first week in university i still worked 30 hours yeah yeah, but yeah, it was just, it was just like, I, you know, and I kept, uh, like, I stuck it out right up until exams, and even the classes I knew I was failing, I still wrote those exams, it's because it's like, you know, we gotta see it through to the end, but like, in hindsight, I was not in a good place mentally at that point, because that voice in my head that was saying, you're gonna fail, was 100% right, right? Yeah. And I'm right. dealing with that. And anyway, you go into second, going into second semester, like I'm, I'm going in defeated, and don't think I can do any better. So that was when I finally used the university's resources and started seeing a counselor. And one of the first things they tell me is like, you should probably take, start taking your meds again. So, and of course, they tried to help me do other stuff too, but. That was one of the things that they could tell. Like, I had bottomed myself out and, yeah, started taking meds again. Eventually started taking stronger meds because I had let myself get worse. Um, let myself get worse. Yeah, and just, and I was, wasn't able to get myself back into the rhythm of school either. Like, I ended up opting out of the second semester and was just like, we'll try again in the fall kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And th- this whole time, I'm living with strangers and I didn't didn't like them. You know, guy I lived with, there's, there's two guys I live with. One of them's a cab driver who just parties all the time, which would seem like something I wanted to do, but at the same time, like, I wasn't his kind of person. And then my other roommate, parents paid all his bills. He just stayed in his room all the time. I don't remember his name. I just know that there was someone in that room. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just, 
And, you know, I'd, I'd get to the apartment, I'd go to my room, I'd stay in my room. Yeah. But then, um, that following April, one of my, like, like high school best friend moved over here. So I moved in with him and his girlfriend and that definitely made things a lot better immediately and over the course of living with him because he could see how bad I had gotten mm-hmm. and would eventually call me out and like tell me to like get my shit together more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, I, I, I wasn't drinking, getting drunk as often, but when I had the chance, I got drunk and would black out. Um, so then, gonna say first or second week of back to university, um, went uh, went to a party, and well, we were at a bar. It was a it was a restaurant that was closing for the winter, and they were having their close closing party and I parked out there and don't remember leaving the bar woke up the next morning like just just like just didn't know where I was I'm roll I roll around I realize my face hurts and when I open my eyes I'm in the wrong apartment I'm in the apartment I had lived in before I moved in with my friend <laughs> what I to this day I don't know how I got there still don't know I had gotten up and like of course I know where everything is so I go to the bathroom and that was when I could see the damage like I've got road rash on both sides of my face this eyes like almost swollen shut like it if I had to guess I tried to ride my bike and fell off because like my bike my bike was gone like that bike that bike I had ridden drunk before was gone and yeah so I just basically gathered up what stuff like thankfully I didn't lose my wallet and my phone gathered up my stuff walked back to my apartment went to bed and got up that night when my buddy was getting home from work and as I, I walked into my bedroom he's just like and he could see like the damage on my face he's just like dude what happened? I shrugged. I said, I don't know. I don't remember. And just straight up like, dude, you got to stop drinking. Like, quit, quit. Yeah, and then we went and sat down. And we had a pretty serious talk. I mean, it, it was over it was over bong rips, so don't remember it exactly. But no, him more or less telling me, you know, I'm worried about you. The, this is no way for you to live, you know. Like, I don't want to see you like this. And yeah. So, that was the... I, I quit drinking for a few months, but... Before I started drinking again. Um, so, obviously, my reapproach university this time, I'm trying to take it a little easier. I'm only taking three classes. Which, to, I'm taking three so I can still be considered a full-time student. Unfortunately, one of them is only considered is only worth half a credit, so it's not considered a full class. So I'm not considered a full time student, so I can't get enough money from student loans to pay for school. So 
unfortunately, that was it for university. Like, whether I wanted to or not, doors closed. Like, I'm done. And that was... It was mixed, right? Like, because there's a part of me that's relieved. I don't have to go back. Yeah. Because there goes all that anxiety of being in the classroom and trying to sing in front of people and all that. But at the same time, it's like, there, you failed. Right? Mm -hmm. And then I had to deal with that. And, And I can remember someone at work, like, kind of taking me aside one day and being like, dude, and like, not th- this wasn't the same that like, you know, I'm at a, I'm at a different restaurant now, but and not the same conversation I would had in Fredericton. This was a dude, you need to get your shit together. You're going to lose your job. I don't know what's going on with you, but you're not pulling your weight here at work. And that was when I finally told work, I've got to drop out of university. Yeah. So back to back to the full-time kitchen life at then and that was I think it's interesting isn't it like the uh, talk about failure hmm? I think we're also like programmed to be to fear failure mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. like even with music yeah it seemed like you weren't in the right mental place at all. No. May not have been something that you... No, 100%. ...was right for you. But... And I'm just talking... I mean, I just have this thought about it like in general. I think mm-hmm. that we're so programmed to avoid failure. Yeah. Especially when it involves school. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst thing. When really, like... You could have went to school for... A lot, like, a lot longer and had yeah. more student debt. And yeah. find out that you don't actually want to do it or... Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. Yeah, and like you're saying, like we we want to f- we start off fearing failure, but you, you don't get good at anything without fucking a few things up, right? Yeah, it's necessary. Yeah, for success. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I dropped out. Was working full time, but then when. The the winter game, you know, like a lot of restaurants, hours die down. I'm not getting so many hours, but so that was when I picked up a second job. Then I decided when things were picking up that I was going to take go work at that second job full time. That was being a manager at Pizza Hut. And that was, wasn't a good job. <laughs> like that was because like. My my thoughts back then were, okay, here we go. We're going to make this cooking thing work in some way, shape, or form. So it's like, so I had Pizza Hut had been looking for a part-time manager or like a, a shift manager. And so I took that job and like, you know, like, you know, get a management position, work my way up, can hopefully make a living doing that. And... I can see why they had hired someone so easily with no experience because they were just trying to find anybody to keep that place afloat Mm. and not talking down to any restaurant or any pizza hut, but like they're not there anymore. So obviously things, things weren't working and they didn't 
end up working once I left because that was the shortest I've ever worked somewhere. I'd worked, started there in February that year and then left in November. And it was the only job I've ever, I didn't, well, more or less walked out of. Basically, I just, I didn't, I had an interview and I didn't show up for my shift when things went well with the interview. That was when I actually went and started working at Mavers for the first time. So how are you feeling like with the, uh, are you back in the meds at this point when you go back to cooking and you're like, yep. don't yep. at this at, Yep. At this point I've consistently kept taking them. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. Effectsor, I think it was that. And it was, I was taking a fairly high dose. And what was that like compared to the other one? Any different? Just, I think just stronger, like overall, like really holding you in that middle position, you know? Okay. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things that you didn't, you didn't know. Well, uh, that's one of the things with taking like any antidepressant. You don't really notice because you ease your way into it. It's not until you don't take it that you realize something's wrong. Like I remember like missing a dose and just like, it just, it messes with your head so much. Um, this always creeps people out whenever I say it, but if I missed a dose, I could feel my eyes moving in my head. Really? Yeah. Like there's no other way I can describe it. It makes my skin crawl thinking about it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was consistently taking the meds while I was working at Pizza Hut and then started at Mavers and that was the thing is I started in November which isn't a good time to start at a restaurant because once January hits things are going to die down and those people are going to lose their hours first I was one of those people but I got lucky and started at um, Montana's when they first opened so yeah and it was and then it was right about then when I had decided I wanted to stop taking them because you know I thought you know this new job I'm first there I can start to turn things around for myself I know um like I I don't know sorry it was about a year or so before that I I started drinking again but not like started drinking again was like allowing myself to have a beer here and there yeah, and I can honestly say since then, there's only been like the odd time where I've blacked out or come close to blacking out, and it's always been like a special occasion. Like it's always just been fun. It's never been to escape anything. Um, but yeah, so like I'm not drinking heavily. I think I've got a better handle on things, but I'm gonna like I'm at a stable job. Like it's the middle of winter in Montana, so it's just booming. So, like, I'm not worried about losing work. Like, I I think I've got this, so I stopped taking my meds the proper way. Like, talked to a doctor first. You know, got lower dosages so I can wean myself off them. But, yeah. And then, just, I've worked at Montana's for touch over a year and was starting to end up in the same place as always. Like, I don't want to be here. 
And you think that was really related to work? Like the, the not wanting to be there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, just wasn't a fan of the environment I was in. And working at a commercial restaurant, I had a, had a taste of working at restaurants that make their own menus. And, and to me, that was a better place to work because there's more heart going into the food. Like you actually care about what you're making. As with at a commercial restaurant, you're making something that someone in an office somewhere in a different province has decided to serve, you know? There's less creation. Yeah. Less, it's more of a... More of a product. Yeah. 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 And I That was really taking me out of it, so that was... I actually went back to Mavers at that point. And, you know, worked at Mavers for... Year and a bit. So, what was it like getting off the meds, and did you start to feel? Um, what was it like getting off the meds? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say it was good, but like it, it definitely didn't get worse. I didn't find myself getting depressed again, yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah. Um. But like, just I generally seemed unbothered by it. Like, it was, it was like at that point maybe I didn't need them, mm. or I was genuinely had better thought process at that point. What well, wasn't being hard on myself? That was another thing. Wasn't constantly wallowing failure or being down on myself or being hard on myself you know where did that come from you think um just i don't know like it was like i just got tired of being hard on myself like it it wasn't getting me anywhere being you know like telling yourself you're no good Hmm. but at the same time like there there was also a part of me that didn't want to be dependent on them like it's just I didn't see my see that as being a proper end game for it like being dependent on it the whole time you know I wanted to be happy on my own make my own happiness sort of mm-hmm. you know and and at the same time, I wasn't really doing anything outside of work. Like, I, you know, go home, get a little stone, play video games. Mm-hmm. You know, hang out with friends here and there. Mm-hmm. When I had the time, because, again, I'm cooking, so schedule sporadic. It's not really lining up with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got like the full day Monday off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, so. It sounds like like the environment really did affect you while you were cooking. Yeah. And even like in my last few years, so. Just trying to remember, like, 
just timeline wise when I went back to Mavers and was work and I had started there in like April like going into the summer I think that was 2018 so four years ago four or five ish years ago and like like I'm still around these same people who are dependent on substances like I'm surrounded by it right but and I don't want to be like that anymore because I mean at the same time I was very much go home one of the first things I do is get get a little stoned and you know you make the argument you know well it's better than drinking right but at the same time being stoned all the time isn't an answer but don't know if I was going somewhere with that or not so being in the environment like that was common in that environment in the kitchens where everyone's kind of dependent on something. Yeah. And that's very common. Yeah. Yeah. It's common. And I think just about every kitchen I've ever worked in. Yeah. It seems like that from stories I've heard and like, I, I only worked a couple but Yeah. What do you think it is? Do you think that I mean, this might just be like a general question or more just like throwing it out there. Like, I wonder yeah. if it's like, the environment that creates it or it's the people that go to that environment in the first place people that environment attracts something to do with the culture i don't know yeah no no you're definitely on to something like like i am curious as to how that really started because it just it felt like it was always a thing mm. um Yeah, it's just like, I don't know if like, if working in that environment for so long helped bring that out of me, mm. you know, or, or it's, it's not necessarily discouraged. Like I didn't do it so often when I finally, when I went back to Mavers that time, but before that there was, it wasn't nothing for me to get stoned and then go to work and then be able to do my job. But it's. And then reflection, it's like I'm getting stoned going to work because I don't want to be there. And this makes it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. There's also, I found like, um, I had a good friend that worked at uh, restaurants as well. And I remember like, um, Like there's like this kind of like this thing. The it goes I think it goes back to like the environment culture like of like not taking breaks at all, yeah. and then like working your ass off while you're there. Mm-hmm. And it I think it's kind of akin with like sometimes with like trades jobs, especially like hard hard labor trades jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily like more like the skilled stuff, but like hard hard labor where it's like yeah. Like roofing, for example. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or they're like, work their fucking bag off all day on a roof and then they go get hammered. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for some reason it goes like, I worked at like a, I worked at a Christmas tree farm in Northern New Brunswick. <laughs> and it was hard labor every day. And it was like, for some reason, hard labor <clears throat> and getting hammered drunk yeah. goes together. But I think there's something that like, not that it's, it's right or wrong, but I think there's, well, I, I don't, it's probably not, it's probably not good actually, but I think there's something to do with, um, in the restaurant uh, industry with like there's no no breaks it's like you're working like 
social hours like nights and weekends and yeah. you're kind of like in this dungeon and it's like really hard mm-hmm. it seems like everyone kind of prides themselves on how hard it is and then you kind of like drink hard too and it's kind of like a hard living kind of thing yeah yeah no i agree with that like that was uh that that was that's that was the attitude of a lot of the guys i've worked with mm. yeah like you 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 bust your back all day and then you get fucked up. Yeah. Um, so I know that you, you know, you don't work in a kitchen anymore. Yeah. And that's been a recent thing. So how has things changed for you since you stopped working in a kitchen? Um, I don't, I don't get stoned as soon as I come home anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just uh occasion like uh, I don't even I don't even do it every day anymore. Mm. Honestly, like you know, once every other day. I mean like, you know, I've puffed the odd evening and that's the thing. It's just it's the very mild amount. I have no tolerance now, that's great. Doesn't take much to get me messed up now. It's wonderful. I'm saving so much money. <laughs> right. Right. But uh, yeah, um yeah, there's that and well, I mean, I, I don't hate going to work anymore. Like, I feel better about it in the mornings. Yeah. I mean, like, the alarm goes off in the mornings. I still don't want to get out of bed. But that's just because I was sleeping. I was having a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just genuinely feel better about my job, about the people I work with, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we actually get to take breaks and have conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, they have conversations. I sit there quietly and nod. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. No, and it's just like, it's, it's just the people I work, I work with are significantly different because, well, I mean, they're, they're not hardened cooks, you know? Yeah. No one's no one's actively talking about getting fucked up at the end of their shift. Yeah, and I think that's it. Like hardened. Like it seems like there's like this thing where it's like, um, like you know, like Gordon Ramsay, like Gordon Ramsay, like you get shit on too. Yeah, everybody kind of gets like, it's like this thing where like you get shit on, and there's a shitload of work to do, and if you mess up, then. You get shit on more. It's mm-hmm. really hard. It's like this really hard thing. Yeah. You got to do. And it's like this pride of being like this hardened cook. And mm-hmm. like you, then you're kind of like hard and jagged and drinking after yeah. and, or during sometimes probably. And oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was not uncommon either. Yeah. 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 And, and like... He, you can tell these people who like getting fucked up aren't happy with their lives. Mm. Like, you know, like, in, you know, you, you can still have a happy life at home. Like if you're working in a restaurant, like I don't work with lots of people who have either, either they don't want to go home after they're done work or they can't wait to get home. But the fact that they're somewhere where they don't want to be at all mm. at any point in the day is just, is going to make the home life worse. Mm-hmm whether you've got a happy home to go to or if you're miserable at home. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're just going from one 
place that makes you unhappy to another. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was right before, about a month before I quit. I I had come home, and it just I just had a shitty day, and my girlfriend just looks at me like she's just like, like she doesn't she doesn't have to ask if I had a good day or a bad day. She can just tell. Yeah. And well, it was it was you know, busy day. We before we even opened, someone quit, and it's like. If someone quits or even calls in sick in a kitchen, it just, it fucks the whole day. Like, you need everybody all the time or else everybody else's job gets harder. Yeah. Like, no dishwasher. Yeah. Someone's got to wash all the dishes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, and then, God love her, she helped me find a new job and, like, had told me uh, Hanson Electric was hiring and. It was almost like something coming full circle, you know? Yeah. Well over 10 years after I've gone to, excuse me, gone to college for electrical and now that's what I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah. And did, so you stopped taking the meds? Yeah. I've been off them for four or five years. How long have you been working at the electrical job now? Since October, so I think seven months. How would you say you feel now compared to where you were the whole time you were working in kitchens? Like almost like a different person. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't. And like this is like I don't I don't work with people that make me miserable because they come to work miserable. Mm. You know what I mean. Like, sure, not everybody shows up, like, happy, bursting full of rainbows and sunshine, but, you know, we're all there to do our job. We're not walking in cranky, snapping at everybody like I've seen in every kitchen I've worked in. Yeah. Right. That's really interesting, man. I think it's just, I think it's crazy and interesting how much, like, environment can affect mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like over the past couple of years, kitchens have kitchens are just slowly getting worse, and like, like you know, it, it worries me because I mean, I made a lot of friends in the kitchens, right? And like, I, I, I don't, I don't want them to be miserable. I don't want them to feel like how I felt. Hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I think breaks would be like a first step. You could manage it how you like breaks. Yeah. And uh, stuff. Well, that's that's like the, the smoking culture in kitchens. Like that's some some places that's how you get a break is if you go for a smoke. Yeah, that's because the because they that. know they know if you don't go don't have your smoke you're gonna be cranky so just go have your cigarette kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like you don't smoke so you can't go outside. Hmm. Yeah, and I, for five I, minutes. Yeah, and I started smoking back when I lived in Fredericton. And I smoked briefly, quit shortly after I moved here, though. Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, I just that wasn't doing anything for me. Mm. You know, because I mean, you know, between alcohol and weed, I like to get you know a little messed up. Cigarettes don't mess you up, so I didn't see the point. Mm-hmm.
What do you think has been the biggest thing for you in terms of, like you mentioned earlier, with like your habits, daily habits and things like that? Well, so like over, over the years, like I haven't really exercised a whole lot mm-hmm. or like being physically out, active outside of work. Mm-hmm. And with cooking, you're you're technically being physical, but you're just standing in one spot for hours at a time occasionally lifting the occasional box of fries like you're not actually like your body's not really accomplishing something mm-hmm. and I, i'm saying this just like i don't work out a whole lot now but that's because i feel like my job is making me do something physical because i think internally our bodies need to accomplish something mm. you know like like it needs to feel like it's done something and the, the lack of doing anything physical over the years wasn't doing me any favors. Mm-hmm. Like it was definitely making me feel worse. Um, and the friend that I had moved in with, like he, he was big into working out. And, you know, I wavered. Like there were times when I was working out consistently and then there were times that I wasn't. And when I'm not, like you don't feel as good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good to give the whole body like a bit of a strain you know you don't have to work you never have to work yourself to the bone mm-hmm. um like so i used to do a lot of walking mm. yeah and that was of course that's a, that's a good exercise to start with but you can't just expect just the walks to be to sort your things out you know yeah i think walking can help a lot yeah even just like mental, um, like physically, and then also like um, sort of like mindfulness. Yeah, I found anyway. Like I, that's huge for me for walking. It's just like yeah. Um, but I can really think if I go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Think much 100%. clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice long walk and. Um, that year uh, if we're going to backtrack a while but when I was still living with mom and dad I used to get stoned and go for walks all the time mm-hmm. and like that was, those, those were some of the highlights of my day because well I mean my time's off my time off is when my friends are working so I've got nothing else to do so yeah. you know, get stoned and go for a walk and I mean for the time it was probably a good thing but like because I mean this is this is back when I'm 20 just solid 10 years ago so you know it's good to be it's it's good to get up and do something mm-hmm. you know don't sit and wallow in it because mm-hmm. um, that's one of the traps you can fall into if you're working in a crappy environment is you just you go home and you just sit in it mm. like you carry it with you yeah you don't do anything about it it's like carrying the darkness with you yeah just in a dark cave and then you kind of never leave because you just go home and just kind of stay in that mental state. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just, you, you go home and like you think of what it is, I have to go back there tomorrow. I don't want to go back there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's terrible. And you're right back in there again the next day. Mm-hmm. And it's just a cycle that repeats itself. You know, and if you're doing a little bit of exercise or just being some, just something active. Like, mm. just take your mind off it. 
Mm. You know? Yeah. Imagine just like anything positive. Like you just hanging out with friends or mm-hmm. having like a hobby, like just something, having like a your own life apart from. That's the thing too, kind of with kitchens. I think it's like it's feels like the people that work there kind of don't really have a life outside of there. No, no, they that don't. They kind of end up living like that because there's so much time. Yeah, there. yeah. You you kind of accept that sporadic schedule. Mm. And you're just like, well, I can't do anything now because I'm, I can't make plans to do anything. So this yeah. is this is just my life. I'll just I'll just get fucked up and forget about it. It's all good. Mm. But no, it's just it's just a hard life to live. Mm. Well, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for sharing all this stuff. Yeah, no problem. Um, is there anything you would say to someone that was in a similar situation? Let's say they're working in a kitchen or maybe they're just in a similar kind of mental state that you were like, like it, it, well, uh, specifically to anybody in a kitchen. If your heart's not truly in cooking, you've really got to think of a way out. Like, like it, it's like, and I mean, you don't have to get out immediately. You don't have to turn around and walk out of your job, but you, you've got to find a way to plan and escape. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've worked at a bunch of different restaurants. It's it's almost always the same. And I mean, you know, unless you're one of the lucky ones. And but I mean, if you're one of the lucky ones, you're not thinking the way I was. But if you've got like just this perfect, flawless team, you all get along, you know, everybody's happy, you know, stay because you're probably happy, too. But. If you're surrounded by miserable people and you don't like where you are, you, you've got to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, and I mean, there were times when maybe, like I said, like I made lots of friends in the kitchens and I might feel bad for abandoning them or think I'm abandoning them because I leave. But they're miserable and they're not leaving. That's on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like leaving hell and feeling bad for... Feeling bad for anybody else that's burning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, buddy. Sean's first podcast. (laughs) Thanks.